This morning, I have a, a topic that deals with a subject that is not always the easiest to talk about. However, the Bible doesn't leave us in the dark about this. The Bible is clear in regard to death. We may not be willing to talk much about it. We refuse to talk about it. We avoid coming around the subject. But the truth is that death is something inevitable. And uh, you, you want to follow this message through the end. Even if we go a little past the regular time. Because uh, it's an important subject. I don't want you to leave halfway through and, and not get the end of it. So I want to be able to cover the whole topic here. And with God's blessing, with God's uh, guidance, we're going to see what the Bible talks specifically about. How death will come to an end. What is going to be the death of death? But before we go to the Word, before we begin this message... Let me have a word of prayer. I want to ask God's presence, confirm God's presence among us, and then we'll start. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we come in your presence. We come boldly to your throne of grace. And we ask, Lord, for your mercies, mercies and blessings. That right now, as we open the Bible... That you may be with us, that your Holy Spirit may be our, our guide, that your Holy Spirit may be our, our real teacher. Lord, that everything I say here may be guided by your Holy Spirit. May I not convey ideas of my own, but may I be your instrument, your spokesperson this morning. Father, I'm just a human being, so I ask you to anoint my lips. And please also touch and move the hearts of, and minds of every person here in the congregation today. That we may have a clear picture, a clear understanding of what the Bible has to say for us this morning. This is my humble prayer in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. And this is not a subject that we, we love being around, but it's inevitable. It's a reality of life. I think of people who have just recently gone to rest waiting for the second coming of Jesus. Just this morning, we were uh, on our way here. We were listening to an interview. Uh, it's on YouTube now from a, a program that airs in the Brazilian Hope Channel. Uh, it's called Novo Tempo. Shanar actually spoke about that there, uh, here in the morning in the mission story. So Novo Tempo, which is the Hope Channel in South America, uh, there are several different programs, 24 hours a day programming, and so there is one on music. There is uh, a lady there, that uh, the host that interviews people who do Christian music, do Adventist music. And she interviewed not long ago, I think a couple weeks ago, a good friend of mine, a friend that uh, I had the opportunity to grow up with. We're, we've been friends since we were probably eight or nine years old. And uh, there was a time in his life when he said, I want to be a professional musician. So I'm leaving the church because I cannot do both. And I said, don't do that. You can sing for Jesus. And so we put together a group, a singing group. 
and he said, but you know, I'm decided. I want to I wanna do professional music. I want to be a star. And I said, okay, in the meantime, sing with us here. And, and he did. For three years, we sang together. And this was all coming up in the, in the interview. And they even had a picture of the record, of the uh, vinyl record we recorded at the time. And they showed a picture on the, on the program. And he's pointing to people and saying, yeah, that's me, and that's someone else, and that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And, so. and there, is a, there was a young man there in that picture who is no longer alive. And this friend of mine being interviewed, he said, and here is Anderson. Ha Anderson is now uh, resting in Jesus. He's waiting for the second coming of the Lord. And... Uh, And he was a young man, a physician, <clears throat> a strong man, a big man. Uh, we all looked up to him for, for strength when we needed it. And that's how death uh, strikes. And I think of my, and I think of my maternal grandfather whom I never knew actually he passed away when my mother was a child and I think of my maternal grandmother who passed away when I was 14 years old and I think of my paternal grandmother who lost her battle against the cancer when I was 18 or 19 I think of my paternal grandfather who has also passed away more than 20 years ago and I think of them who died in the hope of seeing Jesus come. And even though they have not seen the Lord come, I'm sure that they died resting and believing in the promise of Revelation 2.10 that says, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Death is something that brings fear. And people trying to run away from the fear of death come up with jokes, maybe. I was checking actually on the web because I didn't grow up speaking English. And I was checking some English expressions that people use to refer to death. And all of them were kind of jocular expressions because people don't, don't want to come close to the subject. So expressions like kicking the bucket and others are made to maybe make a joke of it because people don't want to come close to the seriousness of the subject. Fear and jokes, sort of extreme reactions to it. Death is a hard reality to accept. It goes beyond one's comprehension. And it's said to be the opposite of life. The opposite of life is death. The opposite of death is life. But what if you don't understand life? If you don't really understand life, how can you begin to understand death? It becomes even more difficult. You don't have anyone who has gone there that would come back and tell you exactly how it was. 
So people avoid the subject. And the reason we are not actually comfortable with the idea and the subject of death is because we are not created to die. We were created to live and to live forever. Death is a strange element that came as a result of sin in this world. That's what Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, that the wages of sin is death. The salary of sin is death. That's the pay of sin is death. So death is the final, the ultimate result of sin. But in this life, we not only have to deal with the ultimate effect of sin, which is death, we also have to deal with the side effects of sin. And they are everywhere. So for us to understand death, we need to understand life to begin with. So I'm going to give you a brief overview of how the Bible depicts life. What is the phenomenon of life? And right there in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, we see, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, dust of the ground, breath of life, and man became what? A living being or a living soul. The Bible doesn't say that man received the soul inside of him, that the soul was put inside of him. The Bible says that the combination of dust of the ground and the breath of life produced a living soul, a living being. So upon death, it's the other way around. The human as a being ceases to exist as well as their feelings. The thoughts of men die at the very moment where the breath of life returns to God. Here is the formula of life according to scripture. Now let's see what the Bible say is the formula of death. Well, that's the formula of life. Dust of the ground plus, plus breath of life and the living being. And the formula of death is right here in Ecclesiastes 12.7. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. So the dust will remain here on the earth, and the spirit, that's a word the Bible also uses interchangeably with the breath of life, the breath that God gave. So the breath of life, or the spirit, as in this text, as it was translated, the spirit, the breath of life, will return to God, who was the one who gave it. And the dust of the ground will return to the earth. So it is just like light. Dust of the ground plus breath of life equals living being. It's like the light bulb. You have the light bulb, which I would compare to the dust of the ground, and it receives electricity, which I would compare to the breath of life. And then you have, as a result, what? You have light. Now, light would be life. If you stop sending electricity to the bulb, where does the light go? You can answer that question. If you stop sending electricity to the light bulb, where does the light go? Go 
goes out. It goes nowhere. It ceases to exist, right? So the electricity still exists and the light bulb still does, but because they're no longer connected, the light is out. There is no light. Now, in the Bible, death is compared to a sleep several times. There are many metaphors in the Bible to describe death, but the metaphor of sleep is one that really stands out. And this metaphor stands out because it's very appropriate to describe and represent what happens with the dead, what is the state of the dead. And after all, what is the state of the dead? Well, the Bible is compared to a sleep in several passages. I'm not going to read all of them, but all, all those passages, if you want to write them down or if you want to take a picture with your smartphone, you are allowed to do that. Or if you want to write them down. But those passages compare death to a sleep. And like I said, it's appropriate because it reflects precisely what is the state of the dead. So what is the state of the dead? Uh, the one passage I'm, I'm, I'm uh, referring to, the one passage I'm quoting from that list is Psalm 13.3 that says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep, what? The sleep of death. So the Bible clearly refers to death as a sleep. Now let's check another passage here. Psalm 115.17, talking about the state of the dead. The dead, do they praise the Lord? So if they cannot praise the Lord, it's because they cannot speak. It's because they cannot reason. They cannot decide for themselves to praise the Lord. The dead do not praise the Lord. Now, you must understand that this is referring to all the dead. Because one could say, well, the, those wicked who died, they are not willing to praise the Lord. No, but it's all the dead, they do not praise the Lord. Even those who died loving Jesus and died in the faith. They do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. Another text in the Bible that talks about the state of the dead, Ecclesiastes 9 5, 6, and 10. And it says, For the living know that they will die. That's something we all know. But the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. Also, look at this. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Whatever your hands finds to do your hand finds to do do it with your might for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going so the bible is saying here that the dead they they have no envy they have no hatred they have no love there are no emotions there are no feelings nothing death is the total cessation of life one more passage here psalm 146 verse 4 says his spirit remember i just said that the bible sometimes uses the word uh, the word spirit has been translated to uh, reflect to describe the breath of life that goes back to god so his spirit departs 
So what departs, the breath of life that was given from God, was given by God, departs, go back to him, goes back to him. And he, the person who dies, returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans, what? Perish. Whatever they were thinking, even seconds before dying, a fraction of a second before dying, they all perish. It's a state of absolute unconsciousness where there are no thoughts, no emotions, no work, no actions, no relationships of any kind. So that's what the Bible is saying about those who are dead. There are no thoughts, there are no relationships, there are no feelings, nothing. But unfortunately, some untruths, some lies have been propagated about death. It has been, ta been taught, for example, that upon death, the person becomes a, a star. Right? Uh, it has also been said and been taught that upon death, the person reincarnates, reincarnates. That their soul will live in a new body. But remember the first text we saw, one of the first ones, Genesis 2-7, that says that the Lord God formed man, and man became a living soul, a living being. So once they die, there is no living soul. There is no living being anymore. So there is no possibility of there existing a soul going out, flowing out, and living in a new body. That is simply not biblical. Some people say that once someone dies, they go straight to heaven. But the Bible doesn't say that. Some people say that the, people, the person will go to hell, will go to the purgatory. And these teachings, I must say this, some of these teachings may sound comforting, may sound soothing. I know it may sound comforting to say that the dear loved one we have, Upon death, they have gone straight to heaven. And it may sound comforting, but, but friends, that's not in the Bible. And we must be careful and be aware of deception. Because, you know, God is not interested at all, at all in hiding any truth from you. Even when the truth may seem disappointing to you. And I can't hide that truth, uh, that either. I can hide from you, I cannot hide from you that the Bible is not saying that someone goes to heaven upon death. They don't, they cease to exist. It is the devil, on the other hand, that is the one interested in deceiving people. He's the one who wants people to have false hopes that their loved ones have been, have been sent straight to heaven. Those are false hopes that are not teached, that are not taught in the Bible, sorry. And he wants people to believe in things that the Bible does not really teach. The devil, he's the one who originated this idea that people can come back to life after they're dead. That they can come back to life and talk to the living. And we saw that the Bible does not teach that. Now, why am I insisting on this? There is a text in the Bible, John 8, 44. Not that yet. John 8, 44. 
that says that the devil, Satan, he is the father of lies. That whenever the devil speaks a lie, he's talking, he's saying something that is very proper to him. Because he's the father of lies. He's the one who lies. And according to Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, Matthew 24, 24, Satan will even try to deceive the chosen people of God. He'll try to deceive those who have committed themselves to God. And in his ultimate deception, Satan will try to impersonate Jesus in his second coming. Satan will try to impersonate Jesus and say, there he is, he's come. But no one needs to be deceived, brothers and sisters. Nobody needs to be deceived. Jesus will come in the clouds of heaven. That's what the Bible says. And Satan will appear on the earth. The Bible says that every eye shall see Jesus. But only a few will see Satan's impersonations. Jesus will not touch the ground when he comes the second time. Satan will. Jesus resurrects the dead in Christ. Satan cannot give back life to anyone. Jesus in his second coming will not operate any individual healing or miracle. Satan will allege, Satan will try and will perform individual miracles. Jesus never changed his laws, but Satan alleges to have changed the Sabbath. Jesus will destroy the wicked. Satan will not. So you see, friends, our hope, our security lies in knowing the Word of God. Jesus said in John 5.39, you search the Scriptures. You search the Scriptures because it is in there, it's in the Scriptures that we'll find and you'll know about me. So that's our safety. Friends, death is an undesired unwelcome event but it's it's real it is certain Ezekiel 18 4 says the soul who sins shall shall die all souls are mine says the father the soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine the soul who sins shall die so death is inevitable but what happens after death after death, what comes next? Well, the Bible doesn't leave us in the dark, like I said. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. Hebrews 9, 27, 28. And just, and this text will tell us what comes next after death. And just as it is appointed for men to die once... And after that comes judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. So what comes after death? At the beginning of the, the text. That's what the Bible is saying. You can see it with certainty. Just as it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment. Judgment comes right next in the right time. You see the Bible says in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. But. Thank God. There is a but. 
the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nobody needs to fear death. Nobody needs to fear what Hebrews says that after death comes judgment. Because Christ offered himself to bear the sins of many. So that he will come a second time not to deal with sin this time. But to save those who have accepted him and who are eagerly waiting for him. Even though the salary paid to those who sin is death. And actually the word uh, wages. It has to do with something that had uh, uh, originally something that had been kept. That had been guarded, had been kept to be given at a wedding. Right, something that had been promised and guarded and kept securely. And that's what sin produces. That's the payout for sin is death. Or the word salary that comes from salarium, which was the, the, uh, the amount of money that a Roman soldier would receive to be able to buy salt. Right, so that's where the word salary, salt, salary comes from. And that's what sin brings. I mean, whoever sins, and we all are sinners, will receive this payment. This pay, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. God has promised the gift of eternal life in Jesus. And as long as you make Jesus your Savior and your, the Lord of your life, this eternal life becomes yours and you can receive eternal life. So, through Jesus, God has promised the death of death. So, I want to briefly cover here how death is going to be destroyed in three stages, in three steps, in three chapters, if you will. First, death has been destroyed in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10 says, But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has what? He has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. So this is referring to the first coming of Jesus. This is referring to the first appearing of Jesus and to his death on the cross. So through his death, and resurrection, as we're going to see, he has abolished death. But we are going to say, well, but people still die today. That's true. But that's just the first stage of it. That's just the first chapter. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, And as much them as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, himself likewise, shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil so Jesus partook of our flesh and, and, and blood and he offered himself as a sacrifice so that he would destroy death not only death but also destroy the power of him who is the originator of sin the devil so Jesus' death and the resurrection, because Jesus overcame death, Jesus' death and resurrection are the guarantee that death and the devil 
will be ultimately destroyed. Now, there is a second stage, there is a second chapter to the death of death. That's going to be in the, <clears throat> sorry, in the second coming of Jesus. <clears throat> First Corinthians 15:55, which Caleb read earlier this morning, says, "O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory?" And that is going to be the shout of victory of the saints of God when Jesus comes. They will join together. They will join their voices and say, Lord, that's the end of death. Where death is your sting? No more death. No more pain. Never more tears. Death will be no more. So that's coming in the future. But that's not still the last chapter of it. There will be the third chapter of it, which will be the final destruction. And how is that going to happen? Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15, 26. 1 Corinthians 15, 26, a few verses before our key text this morning. And we read that the last enemy that will be destroyed is what? So you see, even though the Bible does say, like we read in 2 Timothy, that Jesus abolished death, the Bible still says that the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And that's going to be so, then the final destruction of death. So let's try to understand a few things here and how this is going to play out. Revelation chapter 20, chapters 20, 21, and 22 are key chapters for us to understand that. Revelation 20 verses 7 to 10 says that after the thousand years, after the millennium, the devil who deceived them will be cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are already. So here the Bible is clearly talking about when the devil will be destroyed. The devil will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And you know Hollywood may have come up with many movies and fiction trying to come close to that. But this is going to be real. The devil will be destroyed. He'll be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And that's going to be his end. And there will be the beast and the false prophet as well. And if you need more understanding on the beast and the false prophet, we can study with you at another time. Revelation chapter 20 still. Now going down to verses 14 and 15. Not only the devil will be cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, not only the beast and the false prophet will also be destroyed. What else will be destroyed? Death itself. So the Bible says here, the death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. And this is what? The second death. Well, the second death in the Bible is the final destruction. It's everlasting, eternal separation from God. That's what the Bible means when it talks about the second death. I'm not interpreting here. We could do a study on this and I could show you that the Bible does refer to second death as being the everlasting separation from God. Now a few verses down, now in chapter 21. Chapter 21 verse 4, it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Not only the devil will be destroyed, the beast and the false prophet, death itself will be cast into the lake of fire. So that will be the end of death. In the new earth and new heavens, there will be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. Everything will be in the past. Those former things will be in the past. So that's going to be the ultimate victory over death. And how am I so sure of that? Well, the Bible is telling us. And the Bible does not stop there. If you go down a few more verses, Revelation chapter 22, uh, verses 1 and 2, sorry, I don't have the text there, but Revelation 22, 1 and 2 talks about the tree of life. So that's all the Bible talks about after those things happen, after death itself has been killed, there will be the tree of life. And all the saints of God, all those who have been redeemed, will have the opportunity to feed from the tree of life and live forever as it was originally God's plan. Now, and I'm, I'm finishing with this now. <clears throat> and this is the page I'm missing here. But we need to understand a few things here. I hope it is clear, by the way, before I go for, forward, I hope it is clear that according to the Bible, death is the total cessation of life. There are no thoughts, no understanding, no emotions, no feelings, no nothing. The dust of the ground goes back to the earth, and the breath of life which God had given goes back to Him. So life ceases to exist. Jesus one day, when He comes, He's going to give his second strike upon death. And then after the thousand years that Jesus and the redeemed will have spent in heaven, they will all come down. The whole host of heaven will come down to earth. And then the devil, the beast, the false prophet, death itself will be exterminated forever. And the redeemed will be able to live forever feeding from the tree of life. Now some things we still need to understand. That some people will die only once. Some people will die, uh, or before I even say that, some people will not even die. Okay, some people will not die. Who are those? Those who will be alive when Jesus comes. And we have been praying and we have been working and we have been sharing the gospel in the, in the true hope and seeing how, the, the th how things are around us, how the world is. We have the certainty that Jesus might come in our days still. We can't fix the date, but we do have that hope. And if Jesus does come in our days as we believe, we're going to be in that group that will not see death. We'll receive, we'll welcome Jesus alive. Those are the ones whom Revelation 7.14 talks about. And I said to him, Sir, you know, he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They will be alive when the Lamb comes. They will be alive when Jesus comes. They will not see death. But there is a group that will have died and they will die only once. 
they're described here in Psalm 116, 15. They died in the faith. They died in the hope of seeing Jesus come. They died before Jesus came. But they died in, in the hope that they would have eternal life. They accepted Jesus as their, their Savior. And they, had, they allowed the Holy Spirit to dwell within them. And they lived a life that was a clear reflection of Jesus' character. So they're resting in the grave waiting for the coming of Jesus. That's where my friend Anderson is. That's where my grandparents are. They're waiting for Jesus to come, waiting for that beautiful day. They will have died only once. And that's why the Bible can talk about them as being blessed. The Lord says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Because even though he, they died, even though we still mourn, we still cry when we think about them, we still miss them. Even though we still miss them, their death is precious. Because their reward is guaranteed in the hand of the Lord. Now some people, some people will die two times, right? And these are the ones described here in Revelation 21, 8. But the cowardly, who are those who will die twice? The cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, who is the father of lies, Satan, all those who follow him and his lies and deception, they shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, brimstone, which is the second death. Wait a minute, we just read about this. The lake of fire and brimstone was prepared for, for whom? For the devil, for the beast, for the false prophet, for the devil and his angels. But those who cannot let sin go, can let go of sin, who are still attached to it, they will also burn in that lake of fire and brimstone. Whether they were dying or alive, they will be experiencing the second death. If they're, if, they're, if they're alive when Jesus comes, they will die consumed by His glory. If they were already dead, dead they will be resurrected when we come with Jesus after the thousand years, and then they will be utterly destroyed. Now, some people will experience death three times. There's a small group of people, and that's the group that is predicted here in Daniel 12:2, when he talks of a special resurrection. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt you know those people we are told those people who were witnesses those who contributed to the death of Jesus and of the saints they will be resurrected to see Jesus coming because the Bible says that every eye shall see and shall confess that he is Lord but then they will be utterly destroyed friends how will God bring people back to life the same way he created man in the first place. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the key of Hades and death. Jesus is the one who is going to restore life. 
is going to give back life to those who lost their lives but died with him in their hearts because he's the one who holds the keys of life and death and I want to finish this morning with a word of encouragement because death is inevitable and we don't know if you're gonna be alive when Jesus comes or not we hope you are but we have no control over it so the time we have for our decisions is right now there is no second chance once one is dead they're dead there is no second chance there is no uh, reincarnation there is no possibility of an afterlife in the sense of a soul going out and and having a second chance all the chances we have are right here right now in this life and after everything is completed after Jesus gives his last and third strike on death and the devil is finished the devil is exterminated the beast and the false prophet and death itself after death only life will be experienced in this planet never again will affliction rise up that's what the Bible says in, in the book of Nahum chapter 1 verse 9 affliction will never again rise and I want to quote to finish a paragraph from the book the great controversy page 678 this book the great controversy was written by Ellen G White uh, a North American writer uh, one of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and someone whom I believe received the same level of inspiration that any biblical writer did and so she writes talking about the new earth and the new heavens the great controversy is ended sin and sinners are no more the entire universe is clean one pulse of harmony and gladness beats through the vast creation from him who created all flow life and light and gladness throughout the realms of illimitable space from the minutest atom to the greatest world all things animate and inanimate in their unshadowed beauty and perfect joy declare that God is love may we all may we all seal our commitment with the Lord of having our faith in him and allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell within us to transform us to help us live a life that will be a perfect reflection of Jesus's character so that when he comes we may say here is the Lord whom we've been awaiting and he is the joy of our salvation and we'll live forever forever and ever enjoying God's love May God bless us all this morning.